Exodus 13 and verse 1, please. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel. Both of man and of beast it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came you out in the month of Abib. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for every remembrance of your Son. And we now pray, Lord, that as we turn our eyes to your word, that as we think of the remembrance that you've called us to, we pray, O oh God, you'd open our hearts and our minds this morning. Lord, for these few short moments, we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would wing your word home to each and every heart, we pray, to the glory of your Son and to the glory of thy name. Lord, we worship you and we love you. We praise you. We bless you. We thank you. We're grateful to you for all that you've done for us, but Lord, for who you are. And you're the Lord that never changes, for you remain the same. And so, Father, this morning, bless and encourage your people, I ask it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Notice here, the first word we look at is sanctify. Sanctification, the setting apart of the firstborn. Let's remember that it was the firstborn on the night when the, uh, the Lord came through Egypt and the firstborn all died. That is, all of those who were not under the blood, who had not put the blood on the doorposts and the door lintels of their home. And hence those who did are redeemed by the blood. And the, the Father, the, the Lord, says to Moses, tell the people to sanctify their firstborn to me. In other words, the firstborn, we have the first fruits, the first love through Scripture, that the first and great commandment is, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And the second is likened unto the first. And he goes on. And the thing about it is, the Lord says, sanctify, set apart, and remember the firstborn, even off the cattle of your animals, because it was through the blood that you have been redeemed. Notice what he says in verse 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt. Let's remember how the firstborn died of those who were not under the blood. The firstborn survived. And yet God's firstborn, that is the one who is the unique son of God who became flesh, he died for us. And we remembered him this morning as we came around the table. That's why the book of Hebrews tells us that we are, are part of the church of the firstborn. And remember, Christ is deity and he is eternal, but as to his humanity. So he is unique to the Father. And so we see here that we are to remember the day which the Lord brought us out of Egypt. There's a national message in this, but there's a personal one too, for you and for me, that the Egypt of the, the world the Egypt, as it were, of the things that are happening in the world, the, 
the unsaved and the world around us, the Egypt that we were all in, in bondage and in slavery. And God came and brought us out. And if it wasn't for God getting involved in the affairs of men, if it wasn't for God making the first move, even in Israel, with Israel and Egypt, if it wasn't for God interfering, and thank God he interferes, if it wasn't for God getting involved and even interfering in our lives, each and every one of us would still be in Egypt. Every one of us would still be in our sin and lost. And, and the Lord says, remember the day that I brought you out. Remember the day that you were saved, brother. Remember the day that you were saved, sister. And it's very important to remember it because when we think about it, when our mind goes back to it, actually here to remember, it gives more than the idea than just, well, a, a thought about it. Yes, oh yes, I remember that. And moving on. It means to sit and dwell on it. Relive it. Relive the day the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Relive the day that God's Spirit came and made you aware of your sin and showed you the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And and He's telling us to remember that day. To remember that time when God's Spirit started to move in us and He started to speak to us. And how He drew us out of darkness and death and brought us into His marvelous light and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, the Son of His love. For when we remember these things, when the enemy would whisper to our hearts, when our minds would run away with us and all sorts of anxieties would come, he says, remember when you were saved. I'm not waiting for, and I hope you are too, and I'm not trusting in a man or a woman coming to me to say whether I'm saved or not. No matter if everyone came and says you're not saved, my salvation does not rest on what they say or what they think. My salvation rests on what Christ has done for me and what Christ has done for you. So brothers and sisters, it is of the utmost importance it gives us the utmost ability and it gives us the utmost of strength to be able to go on in the faith, to remember the day that Christ came into our lives and saved us. Remember the day when you were washed in the blood. Remember the day when you come under the blood. Remember the day when the blood was applied, even as we sang there, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, you have washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. You have brought me from the darkness into glorious light. To dwell on that and to live that, to relive your salvation, to relive the day when Christ has saved you, to bring all the memories back, strengthens us, enables us to go on with God in spite of, of all things that may be against us. Just recently, Alison and I were speaking to each other about memory. And if you're like me, brother, my memory is just is gone. Sometimes I remember a lot. When I'm in the Scriptures, I tend to remember. But outside, I have a head like a sieve. Everything seems to run out my ears. I can't really remember. When I go to visit in a, ho- a hotel, a hospital, 
When I go to visit in a hospital, I can't remember the car park where I parked my car, and I walk around with my keys like that. And if anyone see me, they'll think I, I had lost the plot, looking for the beep of the car. To remember this means to, to dwell on it. We, we were talking about just last year when we had uh, the, the, the whole COVID. Alice and I were, were quite ill, and some of us were worse than us, but we're even talking about that. And even though then it seemed terrible how ill we felt, but at the same time, now the Lord seems to bring you through somewhere where you don't remember. He enables you to forget how... The, you knew you were ill, but he enables you to forget how you felt the illness. You have to really think and dig deep of how bad you felt. Because God covers us. God brings us further on. Because if we were to dwell on past issues and in past things and not remember where Christ has brought us from, what Christ has done in us, what Christ has done for us, and what Christ is doing in us, and what Christ is doing through us, and if we didn't remember from the day we were saved, how we have developed and grown in God, then we would be absolutely distraught. And if we were to remember our past, if we were to remember our past sins, our past failures, our past life, we would never move on in God. Never get anywhere. And Moses says that the Lord is telling you People, remember this day when you were brought out of Egypt. Spiritually speaking, we are. Remember this day when you're brought out from a world of slavery, a world of bondage, a world of hardship. There was an impossibility for Israel to be brought out of Egypt and by, the, by their own strength, on their own merit, because Israel were so weak. The Egyptian army... Uh, was was a mighty army, and even though Israel were populous, it wasn't that they couldn't revolt and possibly overcome because they'd become so populous. The problem was it was in their mindset. Their mindset became little. Their mindset became small. Their mindset became weakened. And so they were programmed to walk in a certain way, to do a certain thing, to build a certain way, and, and what to do. And that's the problem with many of us. We're meant to be sheep, led by the shepherd. And our mindset needs to change in many, time, many ways. Our mindset needs to, 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 to be brought back into captivity when it races off. And, and the mindset is, is that, well, this is how far we are, and I cannot do, we'll never conquer, will never defeat the Egyptian army. There's too great an army that's over us. Too big a giant, too high a mountain, too low a valley, uh, too wide and deep a sea that we have to traverse to walk or to climb to defeat. And Israel were in this place and they just had settled for the status quo. Well, this is us. This is life. We think of Paul, and many think when Paul says that, that he has found out whatsoever state I am in, he says, therewith to be content. And people think, well, Paul's saying, well, you know what? I've got it rough. I've got it tight. I've got it hard. I've had so many things, so many enemies. I'm going to just sit here until God shows up miraculously and works it all out for me. But Paul wasn't saying that. 
Therewith to be content was this. He says, I will wait upon the Lord. I will stay upon the Lord. I will trust upon the Lord. I will remember the Lord. In everything that's coming against me, I will wait on him. It's like Isaiah says, Isaiah 31 and 40, I think it is. They that wait upon the Lord. It's not about, I'll just go here and I'm going to sit down. And that's it, I'm no good, I can't do, and all this sort of stuff. The mindset must change. The Christian mindset must change. Not for because we can empower our minds and we, we have this sort of thinking where we're, well, yes, well, we can think things and things come into being. We speak words into being. Nonsense. But our mindsets must change as Christians to who we are as blood-washed, born-again believers. Our mindsets must change. But they that wait upon the Lord means I will sit and meditate on his word. I will sit and meditate and I will watch and wait to see what he says unto me. And as I watch and wait and see what he says unto me and as I meditate upon his word, he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That when we do it, it's not we might. We hope so. But when we do, we shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When Isaiah says that, like Paul, therewith to be content, he's not saying we're going to rest on laurels, we're going to sit and we're just going to let everything happen. He says, I'm going to keep walking, I'm going to keep trusting, I'm going to keep serving, I'm going to keep pressing on in the faith. Trusting the Lord, and yet I'm going to serve. And I'm going to be a soldier, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying. And to be content thereof, therewith, when Paul is saying it, he's not saying to sit back and just, oh, woe, it's me, I am undone, and all that sort of stuff. What he's saying is this. He says, I will be the master of the situation. Brother, sister, it's time to master the situation. It's time to master the situation where we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. Now when we say all things, don't jump out of an airplane without a parachute. We're saying it in the context of the spiritual strength of Christ in the life of the man and the woman. The mindset of Israel was, here we are, we're captive we're weak. We're, there's no way we'd ever overcome the Egyptians. And the world is all around us, brothers and sisters. And you and I, at various times, and many others say, oh, my life is just this, and I, it's sad, or it's the other, or it's too hard, it's too difficult, and this is against us, and that's against us, and we seem as if the church are failing. Listen, the church can't fail, because Christ said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hey, church, listen, brother, sister in Christ, listen. Listen carefully. It's time for the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. It's time to renew your mind. Get rid of your stinking thinking and renew your mind. The world, the Egypt that's outside this marquee, I know the wind's strong today and it's blowing and it's, you hear the creaks of it and so on. But look, we're warm and we're dry, aren't we? We're okay, aren't we? Fix your mind in Christ. Fix your mind on the glories of God. Fix your mind in the Word. And even if you're the weakest of heart, read it and eat it. 
take it up and take it in. Take it up and take it in. Israel were in a state 400 to 430 years. Slavery, bondage, hardship, captivity. And there they were, Egypt all around them, over a, with an overlord master of the Pharaoh. Brothers and sisters, listen. You were like that in the spirit, and so was I. This shows the depravity of our nature, our human nature, and our full and complete inability to save ourselves. But God sent a message. God sent a messenger. God sent a Moses into the situation. And it's the word of God, the message from the messenger. It's the word of God that they listened to. And then he pointed them to the blood of the Lamb. He pointed them to the blood. And brothers and sisters, that's the gospel today. To be pointed to the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God. To be pointed in every difficulty, in every situation, in every circumstance. To be pointed to the Lamb of God and His precious blood. And listen, weren't we rescued? Weren't we saved? Weren't we washed? Weren't we cleansed? Weren't we forgiven through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who's glad for the blood this morning? Who's glad for the blood this morning? Washed in the blood. Cleansed in the blood. Redeemed by the blood. Remember this day. Remember that the Lord is saying, remember the day that I brought you out of that. Not that you, I left you living in that, by the way. Not that I left you living in that Egypt. I brought you out. Notice their helplessness, their hopelessness. I want you to get the picture. Their helplessness, their hopelessness. Spiritually, it's our helplessness. Spiritually, it's our hopelessness. God sent the word. God sent the message. God sent the messenger. God sent Moses. Moses, go and bring them my word. 400 plus years. I think about it. 400 years they, they hadn't heard the word of God. Think of them, the men and the women who had died in labor, the slave labor. Think of those who were working away and dropping dead at a young age. Think of those who weren't able to see maybe 15 or 16 years of age or 20 or 30 or 40 years of age. Think about it and suddenly out of nowhere comes a man with a message. I know how you can be delivered through the blood. So then he wonder, Moses says, when they ask me, who sent you? Is it any wonder Moses asked that? There was no word of God for 400 years. So then he wondered, Moses said at the burning bush, but Lord, when they go there, who will I say sent me? And the voice coming of the Lord out of the burning bush was, I am that I am. I am that I am have sent thee. Thus shall you say to them. Now here's the thing. What did it mean except for Israelites who were possibly 
passing down generation to generation the stories of the word of God. They hadn't seen God move. They hadn't heard a preach. They knew nothing of sacrifice and the blood for over 400 years. But it shows me this, brother, and it shows me this, sister, that even though it was that length of time, Moses came with the truth of the Word of God, and the Word of God is not only true, but it's forever settled in heaven. And that Word came alive. That Word came to pass. That Word held sway. That Word yielded power. And when they, by faith, done as the Word had said, then God redeemed them. And things began to happen. And the Lord says this night, I will pass through. Notice, pass through Egypt in judgment. I'm passing through tonight. I'm passing through in judgment tonight. Then he says, but when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. And on that day, when we who know him as our Savior, when we who know him as our Lord and our sin-bearer, when we see him, the Lord will look at you, brother, and look at me, sister, and judgment will pass over us. Remember this day. Remember when you get saved. Remember when God started working in your life. Remember when he started to speak. Remember when he brought you out of Egypt. Remember it. Remember it. Because in every situation, everything that comes against you, in every avenue of life, if you remember it, listen, give the devil your testimony. And tell him about the blood. I'm going to close this in a moment. It's only a thought because time is gone. But would you turn with me just for a verse or two to Deuteronomy chapter 5, please. Deuteronomy 5. It's a similar idea here. But notice what it says. And remember that thou was a servant in the land of Egypt. And that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Deuteronomy 5.15 Let's read it again. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. In fact, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But notice here the dedication that the Lord says, dedicate the day to me. But notice, he says, remember that thou wast a servant or a a slave even in the land of Egypt. Remember this. Remember where I brought you from. Remember how I brought you out. Remember what I've done for you. He wants you to remember. remember. And it's not just think. Zalz and I were trying to think of these things as we were talking about them. We're out just walking Hardy the dog and she came with me and we were talking about them. We are talking about these things together when we're out. So saying about remembering things and it just came to me and I thought, you know, 
While we're singing, I'm going to maybe just speak in something about remembrance this morning since it's Remembrance Sunday. But the idea is that not just to remember and go away and leave it there. Just keep it in mind. Live in it. Live in it. Live in the power. Live in the joy of Christ. Live in the salvation he has wrought for you. And notice here it says, and remember that thou wast past tense. Would you say past tense? Would you shout it out? That's before. That's before, brother. That's before, sister. Past tense. Thou wast. Not you are. God sees you in Christ. He sees you perfected in the Lord Jesus. And we all feel, every one of us, from this man the whole way around, every one of us feel and we falter and we do and we say and we be to let God down numerous times a day. But when he sees me and when he sees you, he sees Jesus. It's called grace. And so when we look at one another, when we look at one another, maybe about a past or a present, you remember that if they're in Christ, God doesn't see them like that. And he doesn't see you like that. He sees the blood of Christ. Thy was the servant. But that means, that means now he expects us to keep. He expects us to be sanctified. He expects us to go on with him. He expects us to serve him. He expects us to walk with him. He expects us to come and and repent before him. But there's grace. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I thank God every day for his grace. You know why? Because I need it. Because I need it. And now, and remember that thou wast past hence a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I can see that man, Davidson, there. And I, I could see him away, in the, not even from heaven, I'm talking about from earth to the pit. Look at his life. Look at his doings. Look at his goings. Look how dead he is to me. He could have left me. He could have just left me there. He could have just left you there. He could have left us. Even if we grew up in a Christian home, you're still a sinner for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. He could have said, look at him and look at her. You can mention everybody's name here and everybody watching. And he could, left, could have left us there. And if he had left us there in our own sinful depravity, that depraved nature and our inability to save ourselves, if he had left us there, we all would have been judged and guilty as charged. Would we be found and go to a devil's hell? Israel, I'm going to leave you there. Your mindset's not even thinking about me. Your heart's not even toward me. Sure, you don't even know anything about me these last 400 years. You know little except for some things that are passed down from family to family. But you don't know me. You don't know me. 
And you can have religion passed down from family to family. It doesn't matter whether you're Catholic religion, Protestant religion, or any religion. And the religion will take you to hell. Trusting in your religion takes you to hell. And he could have left us there. Could have left Israel in Egypt. But he says... To me, when I remember my testimony, when I remember when and where I was saved, he says things like this to me. Son, do you not realize you were a slave to sin? Do you not realize, son, you were in bondage to the devil, to Pharaoh? Son, do you not realize that you were in that pit and unable to save yourself? Do you realize that? But you know, that's who you were. But Lord, this, that, and the other, I did, I said, or whatever, that's who you were. That's who you used to be. Used to be sitting in the pub. Used to be in the club. I used to go and sit in the shabines for days on end. Couldn't have told you it was for days. I just knew it was there But when I walked out. And it was maybe a Wednesday. But that's who you were, Brother. That's who you were, sister. You remember that's who you were. But I, he says, the Lord says, but I, the Lord thy God, brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and a stretched out arm. There you were. But my hand went in, dug deep down. He got into the pit and dug me out and he lifted me out with his mighty hand and his stretched out arm. What is his mighty hand and his stretched out arm? It's easy. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down from heaven and he came into the pit where you were and where I was. And there he brought us out with his mighty hand and his stretched out arm. How can God save somebody like you? Why would God save somebody like you? I ask myself that all the time. But I can tell you this. I can't work it out. I know how he saved me but I don't understand why he saved me. I know how he saved me, because he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I know how he saved me through the blood of the lamb. He brought me out of this spiritual Egypt that we live in, in this spiritual world. But why? I'll never know, I don't think. I'll search eternity for it and maybe ask it when I get there. Brother, sister, be grateful. Be thankful. And listen, be hopeful. Because it's a hope that maketh not ashamed. Let me finish this, will you please? Let me finish this. If you'd go with me, please, just to chapters, chapter 8, please. And this is definitely me finished. Verse 2, chapter 8, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. And thou shalt remember all the way that the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee Know what man doth, that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. 
Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. That thou, thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. This is relationship. This is the relationship between you and God, you and your Father, that He chastens you not because He hates you, but because He loves you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 and verse 7. We're told to despise not the Lord's chastening. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And when God is chastening us, it's not for his, uh, his purpose or his want like a father might or a mother might chasten their children because they're, they're acting up. He's not doing it because he just, well, I, I want to do this. He's doing it for our benefit. He does it for our help. He does it all that we might serve him and glorify him. He does it because you're his child. See if you're not chastened by the Lord. See if you've never been chastened by God's hand. And you've, especially if you've been on the road. If you're a new convert, you know you're still on the mountain. But if you've been on the road any length of time and you've never been chastened and you know God's hand's been on you, brother, sister, examine yourself. Whether you be in the faith. Because he'll chasten every single one of us. He will chasten every single child of God. He'll chasten every brother and every sister that we have here in the faith and under the blood. Every blood-washed child will be chastened because he says, whom the Father loves, he chastens. See, when you're going through things sometimes, the Lord says here, listen, I brought you along the wilderness. I didn't save you and let you go. I didn't save you and say, right, off you go and all the best. I hope you do well. Because if he'd done that, you'd be lost the next minute or two after that at least. He says, I've kept you through the wilderness. And when you've went wrong, I have chastened you because I love you. We're kept by the power of God through faith on the salvation. And every time I think, Lord, surely... I've given I've give the Lord a, a million reasons why he should discard me. A million. Maybe ten million. Why he should discard me and let me go. Cast me out of the way. But not one of them, not one of them was greater than his love that he had for me. And for you. The relationship we have with our Father is that we can call Him Father. And that He loves us as His children. So what will we do today? Remember this day. Remember when you were saved. Remember when He brought you out. Remember what He's done for you. And then it is this. Remember He's kept you every step of the way. Remember that he has kept you in the darkest of moments, the most troublesome of times, the hardest situations. He has kept you by his power. Every time you've sinned and every time you've failed, and please don't come to me and say, I don't sin. Listen, if any man saith not sin, 
He is a liar, the Scripture says, and the truth is not in him. And John's writing out to believers, by the way. We're in these bodies, but when he looks at us, he doesn't see sin in us. You know what he sees? He sees the blood of his Son. He sees the blood of Christ. Remember, he's kept us thus far. And brothers and sisters, he won't let you go. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you even until the end of the world. And God bless us this morning. I don't know why I had to change that this morning, but I just thought the Lord had led me to change it. Maybe it'll help some of us this morning. Driving up the road in the car this morning, I was just thinking about a couple of these things, and it just sparked in me. What about this one? I thought I'll, I'll preach on that this morning. There's nothing we can do about the noise and the tent and the wind and the rattling and the squeaking. And it's not all we can do. I hope. Is it just me or has it been windy for about four years now? <laughs> Seems like that, doesn't it? It's just wind all the time. Uh, wind and rain, but thankfully it's still dry. But I'd love to see us tonight. The Proto-Evangelium. And we'll look at these things in the Word of God tonight. Team, would you come up and we'll sing a piece. Can you let the children know, please?